0: Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, investments with options in spread trades, near report, news, events, analysis, and research, we put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. And now, here are your co host Andy Peterson. And Mark Eli. It's a dance party at the Trade Caddy Studios. We're dancing because we're happy. How you doing, Mark? I am great. Coming
1: from Chicago. Oh. A wonderful yeah, day in the market. Yep, it's the
0: dance party capital, dance of, the dance party capital of the world. Oh, I hear Is that. Is it girl. really? so nice I had to say it twice. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, don't, the dance party, I don't think huh? it is the dance party capital of the world. I don't know if there's such a thing exists as a dance party capital of the world, but you are the options trading capital of the world. Um, uh, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, Mark, <laughs> what a day. I mean, you know, we spend about, I spend a lot of time prepping for these shows. Uh, Mark, you just, I mean, you just rattle stuff off cause you are amazing. I prep and then I, I start peppering Mark with questions. Some he's aware of some he's not, uh, but all the time you're going to get the right answer. Um, and he wouldn't tell you otherwise. Um, but I, you know, one minute before showtime and we are about to place a close order on an amazing trade uh, that Mark emailed me just the other day. Um, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, Cause it's just so exciting. We actually didn't place the trade. Uh, like just running going right into it but i think i just need to take a deep breath here and uh just think about how uh how blessed we are mark but um you know i don't know we're between earning seasons we're between fed meetings we're between trade negotiations we're between jobs reports really nothing going on in the markets right mark i mean should we just end the show right now
1: right let's end
0: that was it great show andy no way no (laughs) way man there's always something to talk about when it comes to options trading. And, um, and I mean, we could, let's just get right into it. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about that Apple trade like we mentioned. I want to talk about the news coming out of um, Amazon uh, and their competition with Roku for being in the streaming device marketplace uh, sphere. Um, and I also kind of want to cover just a, a high-level overview of the short put. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in our education, Mark, is we don't have, I mean, we have classes for everybody, but we don't have a specific time boxed uh, beginners class followed by a specific intermediate class followed by a, I mean, we kind of do, but we we haven't really advertised it as such. And I think, I think we need to do that, Mark, for, I mean, we've got almost 5,000 uh, people on our Udemy courses. And, um, they love those courses. We get mostly five-star ratings. Um, but we don't really, we don't really break it down and say, congratulations, you have now passed the beginner course. Here's your cert- certification. Now you can move on to intermediate. And so I think that's something that we need to consider, uh, cause we have a lot of beginners traders that are interested in TradeCaddy and in our learning platform. Um, what do you think about that? Mark?
1: That's amazing. Uh, You know, uh, kind of a a red carpet deal where you uh, get a certification. And a lot of people, I mean, even in college, once you graduate college, there is a ceremony kind of acknowledging that achievement. And and any time you get that acknowledgement, if it's it's, uh, through our education or through anything else, the end of the game is you take our classes your end achievement is the profit you're going to make in your portfolio, and nice. there are some people that that's just not enough. They they want they want that a uh, document too. I know a guy who uh, lives <laughs> for certification processes,
0: and it yes. means a
1: lot to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all like to study, and at the at the end of it, getting a nice certification. And let me tell you something, Mark. It's almost like We got a, we got a comment from, uh, from Frank on our Udemy courses, and it's almost in the same lines of what you're talking about. So he's, I think he took our, um, U S options, trading, trading options in U S markets course. And he gave us five out of five stars. His name was Frank. And he said, this is a great course. Um, he said, uh, the 50 question test at the end gave it a feel of an accredited course in which a certification, would be awarded. He said, I wish that were the case as five hours is a big event investment. However, well worth the while. And I couldn't agree more. Um, and that's kind of why we're kind of talking about this at the top end of this show, Mark might be something we want to consider. Maybe we give, maybe we give Frank a sort of certif- like an honorary certification, thanking him for the, uh, the nice uh, compliments, commentary on our education. And then, you know, just as a, thank you. Right you know I, a lot of people don't realize how close
1: our course is is to getting a series 7 versus a <clears throat> series 6 and a series 7 um actually gives you uh the ability it is a job where you're a registered rep uh broker you are mm-hmm. now an agent who can actually invest other people's money however um some of the questions that we put on that test will are um uh, Questions you will see on your Series Seven exam. So, Andy, it's a great point. It is a certification. Yeah. If you if you uh, think that we should
0: do that, let's do it. Yeah, I think so, so. too. It's just a matter of applying um, uh, some you know uh, effort, some time into it. I think one of the many worthy causes um, or you know endeavors that Trade Caddy likes to undertake, uh, making our community of traders feel valued and valuable. In addition to, of course, making excellent trades. Like the Apple Bull Puts. How's that for a segue? Mark, I I got a I got an email from you as I often do. Uh, it's actually an email from Trade Caddy. Mark is on the OCW, the option chain wizard, and he gives me the and I got another email. Out of the blue. All right. Uh, I like those out-of-the-blue emails when they have an ROI of ninety percent in two days. Um, this one actually had an ROI of greater than that um, for I think it was 11 days out. Um, this was a bull put and the strike prices on this beautiful bull put trade were 220 and 217 and $217 and 50 cents. And right. we placed uh, the trade expires on the seventh mark and we went ahead and we went for it. This was real money. Now, again, this show and all the everything that all of this content is for educational purposes only. These are not recommendations to buy or sell. Um, we just want to teach you guys, and so take it all for right. take it as a grain of salt. Do the research yourself. But Mark, we are in the money. Tell me a little bit about this Apple stock and why we were scrambling one minute before the show to decide whether we were going to close the trade early or not. You know, uh, great question. I, there, it,
1: we got to point out that there is a blog that whenever we do these posts or do these trades, we blog them. And mm-hmm. make sure to go to our Twitter account. If you want to be uh, have access to this and you can have the same opportunities we are having, follow us on Twitter. And that's yeah. Trade Caddy, Twitter slash Trade Caddy, spelled the European way, uh, T-R-A-D-E-C-A-D-D-I-E. But uh, the bull put that we did... Um, like Andy said was uh, over a hundred percent r o i for us yeah. to pick it all the way through expiration. if Andy and I close it now we're we'll take a profit of ninety something percent now what right. we did is we risk a hundred and um fourteen cent uh dollars to make a hundred thirty six what let me rephrase that put this in a price per share we risk a dollar fourteen to make a dollar thirty six per share. And right. and that on one contract that's one hundred shares, so that's one hundred thirty-four dollars, uh, or excuse me, one hundred thirty-five dollars per contract. We did one thirty-five. Andy, I think you did one thirty-six. You got a fill in one thirty-six. I'm not. Yeah. So you got a better price than I did. Woo-hoo. So um, the the goal of our trade is for this stock to be above two twenty. Trey Caddy's product. Ari came in, said the chance of that is ninety-nine percent chance. And it said, in our last show, Andy identified his attention span for a particular trade. He likes to have a trade expire within 14 days.
0: So yeah. he likes to see a, that profit. A squirrel walks by, and, this, and I, I get distracted. That's why I need these short-term <laughs> trades.
1: <laughs> so what we did is we did two trades. Um, actually, we did four trades in total, but uh, two of them on Apple. And one of them was a trade that expires this Friday, uh, called an iron condor. We'll co- we'll talk about that in a, a later segment. But the uh, just to conclude with the iron condor, the condor is a range-bound trade. Says hey, it will trade no lower than this and no higher than this. But in between there, uh, I'm going to make money. And that iron condor on Apple is is still good. It looks like you could go ahead and close it right now for near max profit. Now, the next trade we did is that bull put where we said, hey, it needs to be above this amount, anything above that. The unfortunate thing about a bull put, though, which is a long put and a short put, you cannot make any more money than what you're getting in that credit. That's it. So um, the good news is is you can't lose any more than the difference between what you got and the strike prices. So it's it's uh, got realized gained. I mean, excuse me, it's got a, a max gain that you can get out of it, but it's also got a minimum loss too. You cannot lose. You've really hedged yourself really nicely on this trade. Mm-hmm. And we went ahead and we took that opportunity. We seized it. Uh, we made a decision uh, at the last moment to, to go ahead and ride it out one more day at least. And it looks like that was the wise decision because this trade is still going up that stock has to be above two hundred and twenty dollars uh on um the this uh, by the time we close it so um it looks like that's uh, going to happen
0: yeah um i'm looking it up now i actually have um i have sink or swim open but I I guess maybe I need glasses, but I can't read that small font sometimes. Uh yeah, two hundred and twenty-three dollars and six cents up one point five three percent again to on the day. Um, just amazing. Um quite wonderful. And again, you you, you at the top of this segment you mentioned that we risked a dollar fourteen to make a dollar thirty five, or in my case, dollar thirty six. And um I have had conversations with guys before and you have too, uh people that we both know mutually who have been burned um, because they haven't, they didn't do options or they did options incorrectly. But if you do them correctly, you know, at the front end, in many circumstances, exactly how much you're going to risk. So there's no open end to how much you're going to, you could potentially lose. We know that worst case scenario, and this is before a secondary ex- exit, um, you know, takes place that, a uh, dollar fourteen is on the line, and so we're looking at this trade. It's still nine days out, and we can make if we close this trade uh, with a thirty-five cent or thirty-six cent debit, we would be making one hundred dollars on this trade. But we're going to go ahead and hold out at least one more day, um, and right. of course, uh, you know, shoot for shoot. Maybe maybe close that trade tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, just a, just a, the power of the options trading. You know, we call it no fear investing. I call them anxiety-free <laughs> trades. Um, before you press that button, you know, maybe AFT for short, you know uh, how much you can stand to lose so you can sleep at night. As long as you know when you press the button whether you're going to be able to sleep at night, you can sleep at night. Um, compare that or contrast that to uh, what happens if, you know, you buy a stock like Roku. Um, and you don't have uh, any insurance placed on it, and that's kind of where I wanted to go next. But is there anything else you before we get to that point and uh, and Amazon's influence in that sphere? Is there anything else you want to mention about either the Apple trade or the Iron Condor trade?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, a good point. Uh, you asked me a question about closing it out and the impact of one day, and there is yeah. a couple Greek. Uh, that we as advanced traders start looking at, you know, we looked at uh, delta, gamma, theta, vega, and if you want to know about these, come to Trade Caddy and watch our class. We'll explain mm-hmm. them. But in short, uh, we're going to go ahead and look at the vega of this to see what the change of today, tomorrow, if this price, uh, the velocity is in the direction that it's going right now. So we this this means that since we're buying back a credit trade, uh, just if everything. Was the metrics was the same tomorrow it's going to be thirteen cents. in other words, the, the stock is exactly at the same price now as it is uh, tomorrow. It will cost us thirteen cents less just because it's one day uh, eroded out of the uh, the expiration, and that's that's a really good position to be in 13 cents to to have taken away from that debit. So if it was at fifty cents, we're lo- now looking at a price of thirty seven cents to buy right. back something. So,
0: um, Right.
1: Yeah, so it really is fascinating like-
0: Mark how that works too. And and the way and the fact that Vega can spell that out for for you. Again, you're taking away the guesswork if you wait one more day uh then there's a 13% 13 cent price change when closing that trade. Right.
1: But uh as we mentioned in at the very beginning of the show, we actually play several trades and we were talking about Apple, but I, I want to point out and I think it's important, that this is a bullish market, and we picked a bullish hmm. trade in a bullish market. Correct. However, we also picked a bearish trade in a stagnant trade in a bullish market. So yeah. each one of these trades that we are talking about, we're going to go ahead and talk about later in the show, but we're going to talk about a, a bearish trade we picked in a bullish market that returned hundred. It could have returned 100% if, uh, ROI if you were to carry it all the way through. But we ended up closing it. We actually closed that one at a twenty-six percent ROI, and we did that in uh, in a day. So mm-hmm. rode that trade for one day, closed it for twenty-six percent ROI. Now, that's I think that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, and remind me to go back to that if I if I don't, because sometimes we get caught up in some of these other interesting topics and segments. Um, and so yeah, so right before we go there, I just I kind of wanted to chat a little bit about. Roku and Amazon being the disruptor that it is and and it's already been a disruptor in this market. Um, So Roku if you guys don't know it's it's a streaming device where it has shows that I think like 33 percent of U.S. connected TV users use Roku. So a third of people have Roku and they will use it this year well i think amazon and then their stock is going up accordingly and mark you and i were kind of skeptical about the entire space because we figured you and i right and, and maybe it's you know just uh ignorance on our in our own right we're we're you know we 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 watch i watch netflix when i have the time which is not often and there's so many other uh other uh ways to be entertained out there in this competitive space that i just didn't really give roku a chance but contrary to what I thought, Amazon thought a little bit differently. And so Amazon launches their Fire TV, which they've already done. They've done that in the past. And apparently they already have like 20%, 26% uh, market share when it comes to the use of the Amazon Fire TV. Now, I mean, 26% of TV users in the United States are have an Amazon Fire TV um, device or capability um, in their household. And so this is kind of interesting in the sense that Amazon is kind of stepping up their game now. And they are using uh, a launch of a product called FreeDrive. It's their latest attempt to narrow the gap between them and Roku. And as a result, uh, Roku shares at the announcement, I think the announcement might have been yesterday. No, yeah, it was yesterday. And so in pre-market trading today, and I didn't see how Roku ended up. Um, they were down 2.57%. Oh Mark and Mark you just shot me an in, uh, uh instant message they dropped 5.22% today on the news. So you talk about Amazon being a disruptor. I think Amazon's now over 2000 dollars a share. So and I think that was also uh complimentary of a Mark instant message to me. So we have a good friend of ours and also the CTO of the company who actually he takes He has shares of Roku stock and he takes those share uh, profits from those shares and he donates them, which is a wonderful thing to do when you've got uh, capital. Um, Actually, anytime you can donate, whether you have extra money or not, uh, wonderful to to be giving it away like that. And so RK, and I hope I'm not telling you too much, but he gives he gives the profits away from uh, uh, that he he makes from uh, Roku, the sale or the profits from Roku stock. But now we're in a bit of a pickle. And so uh, Roku is taking a dive, and I don't think he's covered this, um, this stock with any options. I'm wondering, Mark, what do you think, uh, what advice would you give to anybody out there who owns a stock like this that in order to kind of protect their position or maybe even um, get out while they're ahead and make adjustments through options trading on a stock like Roku?
1: You know, that's a great question and, and this question is asked by a lot of people to their, their broker and their financial advisor. And and it all the answer kind of all depends upon the individual because some people have been in the stock for a very long period of time and taking closing it out would realize again that they would have to pay a tax consequence. Now there mm-hmm. are two types of tax consequences, long term and short term. And the short term is the one that you get tax rate, and again, this is in the state of Illinois. This may be different in other states, but in here, this state, uh whatever your tax bracket is, you're taking a a short term capital gain. you're going to be taxed at that. so um, uh, some people want to avoid a tax consequence at the same time a protect their position because there's they have this they're married to the stock or they're uh, got this dividend. Are they're using this as, as some sort of uh, personal – they personally believe in the stock. So the, the question uh, goes, look at your cost basis. And if your cost basis is uh, you're in a profit and you're wanting to make the decision if you're going to get out or not, uh, ask yourself about the taxes and, the ta- uh, and if you want to put an insurance policy out there. And, and options allows you to do this, where you have a, a, a stock – you can go ahead and find a strike price. That's the uh, let's say the stock currently is at fifty dollars a share, and exact. I'm sorry. Let's say it's at sixty. It's close to uh, sixty right now. It's at fifty nine seventy, and let's say you wanted to protect yourself, have the right to sell that stock at sixty dollars a share. Now, um, you're going to pay more money for that insurance policy. The higher up in value you go. The more protection you have, the more that insurance policy is going to cost. And I'm using right. the term insurance policy, but I'm, I'm talking about the long put. So, the uh, if you were to go down in value, take more risk, and let's say, let's say, in, uh I'm talking for RK. I'm not sure, but I think his cost basis was in the thirty dollar range. So okay. uh, he was able to. Uh, he, he has a twenty thirty dollar padding in there. So let's say he could go ahead and say, hey, I'm worried about an earnings event. Roku is going to come out in November. Um, uh, RK is actually in the show right now. He's, he says he's going to participate in this conversation. But oh, great. The, you you got to ask yourself, okay, shares of this stock are trading at 11 times their trailing sales. They're 31 times the company's book value. It's, it's, it's impossible to peg huh. Uh, get a peg ratio on this it's just i'm it, whatever is driving ro, ruco ro whatever you call it it's it's an emotional belief and the sentimental value this expectation of the investor when the future is is not uh unique to any one individual it's shared across the market so you've got um uh, you know a, a company measuring what 6.5 billion dollars in enterprise value and and you've got investors that are you know trading 2.8 million times. They're trailing uh, earnings before um, the EBIT, EBIT. It's E-B-I-T. It's earnings before it's investment. A, There's uh, Yeah. So RK is one of these guys. He's a guy who came in, saw Roku, invested in it, just bought the stock in and, mm-hmm. and believes in it. So um, I yeah. think – I think for R.K.'s point of view, go, go ahead, R.K., what what would you like to do with your stock? No, I just bought the stock when it was $36, and I sold it when it was $42, or $43. Yeah, 43. Okay. Oh, that ain't bad. So you, okay. you made $6 per share profit on that stock, and you're no mm-hmm. longer in that stock. No. But if I you were me. in it right now, it, let's say you owned it right now, would you want to continue holding it, or what would you want to do um, i i may i may keep it because you know over the uh, longer periods it may it may grow a little bit but i'm not expecting the huge you know profit out, out of that so uh one thing that you would want to know is does it pay dividends or earnings and um if if it does and you wanted to participate in those you could go ahead and you do something called a covered call. You could go ahead and short a call and use some of that money that you're going to get in that short call to pay for that insurance policy and put yourself in what is called a collar trade C O L L A R, collar trade. And a collar trade is where you own the stock, you've got a short call that minimizes your upper end, but you're selling. Um, an obligation to sell your stock at that fixed price, and then you're taking that money that you used got in that short call, and you're buying a long put somewhere down below, uh, above your, your cost basis. You know, below the current market value, but above your stock uh, cost basis. For you, if you were in that thirty-six dollar, you could buy a very cheap long put, and uh, probably around the fifty dollar range and still have money left over from that short call, you've, you've got more money in it. So uh, I like I that idea, RK, if you were to have done that, and that would be in a very nice position. And your question to me will be, what is my tax consequence in there? Well, that short call automatically generated a tax consequence. When you've did that, you're going to make that – that is a profit to you. So uh, you're going to have to um, – you, you would have to write off uh, a short call any credits like you have by losses, so um, you're going to get a, a short-term capital gain on that short call.
0: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely plenty of uh, options to choose from. Uh, yeah, that pun was not intended. I use it way too much for it to be intended. I apologize. <laughs> Yesterday we had a field day with puns. I, if I was uh, if I was a laugh out loud kind of a guy, I would have just probably. Uh, been heard for miles around with that conversation but yeah so that that's great advice mark and you have spoken to me just now and the uh the rest of the uh listening audience about a long put and about a short call as well with regards to covering and taking care of that Roku trade but it sounds like K's already taken care of it for him he took his uh profit uh earlier before uh this this well the this gain and then subsequent dip um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the short put before we got into our other trades. I uh, just kind of wanted to give a high level overview and it's a good segue because we just talked about uh, the long put and the short call. And I just wanted to kind of give you uh, or, or think about a short put example. Um, but first of all, the, the short put itself is correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the obligation to buy a stock at a fixed price. And so, you get you sell your short put so it's something you receive money for it's money in your pocket and it lowers your cost basis if you own the stock so mark question for you on the short put if you place a short put on a stock is the expectation that the stock will go up or down
1: uh the expectation is going to be uh go up at least uh, right. or be stagnant and it depends where you put that strike price at but um the 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 interesting thing about a short put it has it's a very very similar in risk to the covered call where you've got a stock and a, an obligation to sell it to em- exemplify this example in Europe um the options when you buy an option or sell an option you cannot you cannot uh, sell it. You ha- you have to wait till expiration. So there's something called a put call parity, where um, the price on the uh, opposing side of a option strike price on the call side versus the put side, the values are the same. So um, in the United States we don't have that because we have an open market, and you can uh, sell or buy an option over and over and over until it expires. So there's a there's a different of value on the put side and call side, but you'll notice that they get very close to put call parity, especially the closer you get to expiration. So you've got a short put and a covered call, and they carry about the same risk, and they carry close to the same reward. And what differentiates them is the difference in volatility. When you got more volatility in that in that trade, you know, uh, on one side versus the other, you're going to trade that side. So if, if let's say there's more hype on a bearish expectation, everybody else is going to uh, expecting to go bearish. You'll get more money on your credit side because you're going opposite everybody else. So right. um, profitability is, comes from opposition. So we we, we like we like the pull uh, the short put, and uh, w- when. Uh, the expectation is that you know it's going to be stagnant or uh, bearish but um it pays for a bullish and stagnant um expectation
0: right so let me ask you this mark let's let's go through two scenarios in the united states of america in us markets okay let's say that we sell a short put um at um one uh for a $100 stock price okay um, and let's say stock? that this, what's that on what stock? Oh, hundred bucks. Yeah. Hmm. Let's say that AVDL went up to a hundred bucks. We sell a short put, but no, let's say, let's say that the stock itself at closing is uh, at $105. And we bought a short put at the $100 strike price. So the stock's at 105 at bucks 100, expiration. Right. What happens uh, at expiration if we if the stock is at 105 bucks?
1: It expires worthless. You kept the money that you made on that short put.
0: Yeah, it expires worthless, but it's worth something to you. It's worth the premium that you sold that for. So the other right. end of the uh, I guess the spectrum here. Let's say okay with you the stock is at 95 dollars now instead of 105 dollars at expiration. And your strike price uh, that you uh, sold the short put for was $100. So stock is at 95 instead of 100, 105 at expiration. What happens at that point?
1: You bought the stock at 100. So mm-hmm. and and then you could turn around and let's say, let me ask in your scenario, you can go. Ahead, what? How much money did you get paid for that short put per price per share? How much money,
0: oh gosh, uh, I don't know what would be a reasonable amount of money that you would uh sell for let's say five i uh, how much let's say you got let's say you got five dollars for it, okay, all right,
1: good okay and if you got five dollars for it and the stock is now at ninety five dollars and you got mm-hmm. forced to buy it at a hundred, huh. you didn't uh-huh. lose anything. you're at nice. break even right, so, but let's say you got paid only one dollar for it. You've got a loss of four dollars because you, right. you you went out and you're going to have to buy it at a hundred. You had got to pay a dollar per share, um, which is a hundred dollars per contract, and so there therefore you, you've only taken a, a four hundred dollar loss.
0: That's just it's brilliant.
1: A, it's a very attractive so, instrument to use.
0: It a is. lot of people it will is.
1: actually use it to actually buy a stock. Let's say you want to own this stock, and you said to yourself, "Hey." I would like to buy Walmart, you know, but it's 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 trading at this amount of money, you know. Let's say it's trading at eighty-eight dollars a share. I don't know what it is right now, but let's say it is eighty-eight dollars a share. And you said, hey, I would I would buy it at eighty-five. So you go ahead and put a short foot at eighty-five. Anything below eighty-five, I'm I i would not be okay buying it. Well, you're going to get right. paid some money, and if it doesn't go down below eighty-five, you pocket that profit. Then you say, okay, I'll do it again oh, next yeah. month. You, you do this every single month, and you just pocket it until finally you buy Walmart because you, you're a long-term investor. You want to enter into this stock, and you're using that short put as an entry uh, method to get into it.
0: So let's say that you have a short um, on Walmart for 80 bucks, and you've done it at expiration uh, every month for the last five months. And finally, and you, and you get five bucks for that. So after five months, you've gotten, you've received 25 bucks. And finally, that short put comes <laughs> through and you, at, you go out and you have to buy the stock for 80 bucks. Well, what's your cost basis if you've sold $25 worth of short put positions up to that point? You know, I, bucks, I, right? I, I,
1: that's a good point. We yeah we we actually use the term cost basis um, uh-huh. as a ledger point of view, but okay. from a tax consequence, uh, what you just said there is uh-huh. exactly right. From our way, you and I rate our performance on the stock, in our own ledger on our own portfolio, it is sixty five dollars. But from Brilliant. the IRS point of view, your cost basis is uh, what you've entered the stock in at, but. Uh, and they're going to look at all those individual short puts as individual transactions, and you're going to pay taxes on each one of those um, gotcha. uh, accumulated together. So uh, gotcha. you're going to pay short-term capital gains. Uh, let's say in your I, – I don't know how many months you did in your cycle, but let's say it was 12 for a whole year. You're, <laughs> you've got 12 right. transactions, 12 payments of, of, of a short-term capital gain.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that's – very exciting and I mean just another potential uh, way to use options Um, something that I have not actually implemented myself but certainly has been done um, by others and it's a wonderful opportunity to uh, to to get in on a stock at the price you want it to be if it's too high for you right now Um, and if you're a long-term investor like Mark said well, Mark, five minutes ago, the closing bell rang uh, on the U.S. Uh, the NYSE or the Chicago Board of Options Exchange, which we have yet to visit this year. We're going to have to make a trip over there and say hello to um, to our friends over there. Make some new friends, I should say. And um, so I guess we're just going to have to wait. I know that uh, I'd love to talk about the ABDL that went up today and the other trades that we made um uh, Uh, stagnant and bearish trades that proved to be successful in a bull market, but it's going to have to wait, I think. So I'm going to give you the last word, but before I do, remember everybody, follow us on Facebook. We've got a lot of information out there. Follow us on Twitter at TradeCaddy and go to TradeCaddy.com, sign up for a free membership. Uh, We are starting right now to expand the capabilities of our website for our free members. Head on over to Udemy as well and go ahead and sign up for our free classes there and be sure to um, go all the way through to the end and take that uh, test with 50 qu uh, test questions and um, if you are um, if you are bullish on trade caddies education like um, uh, like most of our the people who rate our um, class go ahead and leave us feel free to leave us a comment and a rating and um, or shoot us an email, andy at tradecaddy.com, markettradecaddy.com, RK at tradecaddy.com, and give us your questions. Also, hashtag PTR ask. Hashtag PTR ask. You can go ahead and send us your questions through Twitter with that hashtag and we will answer those questions on the air. Mark, I give you the last word. And next
1: week we have a very exciting special guest. I'm not going to nope. have the last word because Andy's going to come in on this. So make yeah. sure you attend next week's um, Power Trader Radio, Wednesday, where we're going to have the most famous, our most famous um, guest of the year. Go ahead, Andy, take it from here.
0: Yeah, I, I will take it from here because, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait another week that um, we are actually bringing him on board. Um, the following week, so it'll be episode one, I think it's one thirty six this is episode one thirty four so there's one more podcast between now and then. This guy is um uh, amazing. his name is Robert netsley he's the founder and c e o of inspire investing biblically sound investment, investing um he's he's going to be at the values voter summit he's speaking after lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. Um and before uh Vice President Mike Pence. But but before he does all of that, he speaks with us. And so if you're if you're interested in uh biblically b- biblical based um investing uh principles, be sure to tune in. It's, I am super excited. Um he stands in good company with uh Jack Phillips, uh Tony Perkins, Dr. Everett Piper, and many other people uh who I look up to um in the Uh, investment sphere business sphere and um, making a difference in the world and so we are more super excited to have robert netsley on the show two weeks from today this is power trader radio